Welcome to Creative Living, the podcast with Jane Monsuris. This is Creative Living, the podcast. I'm Jane Monsuris. And if there's one thing I really, really love is a great tablescape. Okay, guys, you know this. I'm a DIYer and there are always trips to the resale shop and the thrift stores for me for old plates and serving platters and vases and bowls. And it wasn't until I read an article in the Washington Post (laughs) that I realized I was totally on trend with my table setting. So on the show with us today is the author of that article and also the home and design writer for the Washington Post. Please welcome Yura Conscious. Hi, Yura. How are you? Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. I love tablescapes, too. I figured you would love tablescapes with this uh, career that you have in home and writing and all this creative stuff that you do in the home. But the cool thing, I think, I mean, this article just stuck out at me like a sore thumb. Um, We're seeing this trend in what's old and giving it a new life on the table. Why is that? That's right. Well, it's fun. At the Washington Post, we have such wonderful reporters there. And my pal, um, who reviews restaurants, uh, Tom Sietzma, started telling me about all of the coolest restaurants in Washington were showing tables full of old vintage tableware, you know, plates, bowls, cups. And so I said, wow, that is so cool, because I have been seeing um, a little bit uh, more interest in the millennials of using old china because you know for a while granny's china right was something that they didn't want it on you know a lot of millennials live in smaller spaces so they don't have room to store old china right so a lot of it was being donated or stuck in their parents basement attic or garage it's interesting that restaurants realize that you know the white plate is really boring aren't you sort of tired those giant square plates and the giant soup bowls. Yeah, and there's just something more interesting about a vintage plate and about the story that comes behind it, especially when you're sitting down at a restaurant. Yes, and um, I talked to some restaurants, uh, restaurant consultants, and they said, you know what, the restaurant industry is always moving forward and the white plate, you know, has had a heck of a run, Mm -hmm. but it's time to get some you know, new blood on the table. And, you know, frankly, a lot of these plates that that uh, you can pick up at thrift shops or at places like, you know, replacements.com, which is the website that sells um, China and used China. Oh, I love that's a top tip right there. I didn't know about that. Yeah, replacements is a wonderful place to get it, And they have a vintage um, section wow. on their website. And, you know, any thrift shop you go to, sometimes you can get a plate for 25 cents. Yeah. And so, um, you know, one of the hottest restaurants in town, Maidon, here in D.C., which is like um, mid-century modern meets the Middle East, she, the owner, goes all over the world and buys plates at flea markets, like in Morocco or in Los Angeles or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you sit down at her table, you may get, you know, a dinner plate, a teacup and a soup plate, all, you know, of different uh, eras and colors. And yet it's sort of... um, fascinating because it actually gives you more to talk about when you're being served your meal. Do they tell you where those plates have come from or is it just sort of something for you to sort of feel when you get served on no, that plate? No, I think it's just it's something that you feel like uh, we have a wonderful sort of bakery bistro called Ellie in Mount Pleasant and the owners wanted the place to have the feel of um, one of their grandmothers. Her mm-hmm. name was Eleanor Ellie was the name of the restaurant and so 
she loved flowered china. So they went uh, and in search of sort of rustic country looking dishes and just bought stacks and stacks of them. And then, you know, it's funny. They told me that some of their friends actually gave them sets of china that they had been keeping, you know, that they didn't want. And think of the money these restaurants are saving, too, by sort of repurposing some of these old plates that are just going to get tossed in the landfill or get crushed. Exactly. It's a very green thing to do. Mm-hmm. And like one of the uh, the owners I interviewed said, you know, the plates come in here with their own story. Um, and, you know, they really express who you are. And, you know, like one of the restaurant owners said, they come with good energy. You know, they've yes. been used who knows for how many years and they have soul. You know, it's they not do. just a white plate. Yeah, I, I feel it all the time. Like, I feel like you know, these inanimate objects, they do have a soul, they have the energy. And so for me, I always like to think, how many years ago were these being used? And who sat here? And what did they eat? And were they happy? And were they laughing? And you know, like food fills your stomach and gives you joy. And now you're serving it on a plate that does the same thing. The other thing for the article that I I did was, um, I spoke to experts on, you know, wedding uh, customs of today and, you know, bridal registries and what you know, young people who are getting married, um, uh, wedding registries, all that are buying. And even though people are still buying, you know, a big box set of 50 pieces of China, they don't want to use just that. So, you know, they may take granny salad plates or they may take, you know, Aunt Ellie's um, teacups. But, you know, they're uh, using the old China with the white And, you know, they may not have the room to keep the whole set, but they might keep platters or the creamer or something uh, because it's an heirloom and it represents your family. So don't just get rid of it. You know, keep a part of it if you can't keep the whole thing. So that's kind of a trend that's also developing. I spoke to somebody from the knot and she was telling me that, you know, five years ago, people just said, well, I'm modern. I don't want any of that stuff. But now, you know. They want a middle ground and, you know, stores such as Anthropology and Bloomingdale's are actually offering tableware that's made to look old or worn, you know, which is sort of like, you know, jeans being sold that are pre-washed and ripped. <laughs> Distressed. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also read that some of these engaged couples are not only registering for the China set, but they'll register for, you know, three pieces of this type and two pieces of this and maybe five pieces. They're doing a mix and match registration because they want it. So they're able to do do the ordering and get it mismatched. You know, some restaurants actually use flatware that doesn't match. They just buy, you know, handfuls of it. So why is that such a big trend? Why are we doing that? Because we're feeling nostalgic for our family or because it looks good? Well, I think it's sort of like people don't want the perfect place setting anymore that looks uptight. I think this kind of looks loose and more casual and sort of more user-friendly. Like, you know, I didn't, like, obsess over that everything on the table is matching and perfect. You know? No more matchy-matchy. No more matchy-matchy. But the cool part is, is people who are really setting that table, they're thinking about what they're putting on it. And then they're thinking about the creative food that they're going to put on it. And they're really planning this dinner party. So there is sort Mm -hmm. of thought behind it. But yet they want it to feel loose and free and, you know, sort of... Uh, like you said, not not matchy matchy, but there is some thought process behind the creativity that's actually going into it. That's right. And the other thing, I recently did an article um, over the holidays about how ironing is no longer necessary for your tablecloth. So what? if you have 
Yes, yes, yes. The pros say it's okay to have, you know. The lines from the fold in your table, Chris? What? Yes, yes. And, you know, I spoke to some people from Food 22, which is a hot home and cooking website. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were telling me they love tablecloths that have not been ironed and have wrinkles, which they think sort of catches the light and look prettier. And they don't look stiff. You know, that's the whole thing. People don't want to look stiff and formal and fussy. Right. And actually, too, with those wrinkles, it gives them texture. Mm -hmm. That's right. And especially, you know, today, a lot of people are using linen napkins every day. Yeah. You know, they just buy something at Pottery Barn or something for, you know, $9. And then, you know, you're not using paper napkins or paper towels, which is wasteful. You know, you use a napkin for, you know, three or four days or maybe a week and then and then you wash them. I love to make my own napkins, my own fabric napkins. So I'll just get some remnant fabrics and I'll make different, you know, napkins for everyone's place setting. But I'm but I'm also putting it on a white plate. So my next question for you is, is the white plate really going bye bye or can we still use a white plate if we're using linens that have the pop of color? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The white plate is never going to go away. It's always going to be a basic like a white T-shirt, you know, and it sort of can always be the base for your table setting because it goes with everything. The other thing that's happening is people are using um, just wood tables, no placemats. Uh, no tablecloth. Sometimes people do a runner down the center of the table, yeah. but the plates are put right on the wood. And that's a nice look, uh, don't you think? Yeah, even for a fancy, elegant dinner, they're doing tablecloth, no tablecloths? Yes. Wow. Is that a trend that we're seeing because of restaurants, or is that something, again, that you don't want to seem too perfect and people are doing it at home? Yeah, I think people were looking for, uh, you know, a release from placemats. And tablecloths and just sort of, you know, a beautiful country table. It has sometimes has a distressed look to it. And it really gives a beautiful patina. And why not show that off? Why cover it up? Yeah. And I think, you know, true to what's going on in this DIY world that we live in, this makers movement is, you know, the the junkyard divas and the chippy gold and, you know, finding all of these salvage items and sort of figuring out Mm -hmm. a way to update them and then use them in our homes today. And that started business wise. You know, people were seeing this in restaurants and uh, it's sort of now made its way into our homes is is our food service meaning table sets, sort of following that trend? I think so, yes. I think so. And, you know, remember how we've gone away also from fancy flowers at restaurants. I mean, sometimes they now have, you know, just a couple of flowers in tiny little vases. And you see more of that now where down a tablescape, people will just put like single flowers in tiny little, you know, almost like um, bud vases or just small little vessels that you can put one bloom in and you just got to march those up and down the table. And that is something that came from restaurants as well. Do you also, you know, the fake candles, you know, the battery operated candles. I mean, I personally like real candles, Yeah, but some people don't. And if you have a cat or something, or a you kid. know, <laughs> yeah, or a kid. Um, so those also were something that I think were picked up from restaurants and are now, you know, being used at home. Yeah, I like I like I do I love a real candle, but again, you, you know, if you're going to let that burn forever, if you have a cat or a kid, you're always at risk for drippy wax or spills somewhere, something something catching on fire. It, it seems to me that the trend is is you know, when elegant, now it's simplistic. 
is there a common thread for what we're seeing or does it ebb and flow just as fashion does? Well, it does ebb and flow as, as fashion does. But I think the main thing is people don't want fussy and formal. Right. And so what they're doing is they're, you know, they're using something that was maybe a very formal china plate in a more casual setting. Mm-hmm. So that gives it new life. It gives it a new look. And I mean, you know, your grandmother would never have put, you know, her French uh, Limoges on a wood table. But look at, you know, you do that and it has uh, a different feeling. You don't feel uptight when you're eating off of it. And maybe, you know, you put it with a hot pink or a navy blue napkin, yeah. not an ironed linen napkin. And so all of that, you know what other, other trend I really love, and I'm going to look for this myself, the next time I'm out thrifting is, you know, colored glassware and how much that can add to your dinner set or either a water glass or a a footed glass, like a wine glass in sort of a burgundy or emerald green or yellow amber. Just think of what that adds to your table setting. You know, clear crystal is boring. You know, and even if you have insist on a, you know, clear wine glass, get a water goblet, you know, that's ruby red yes. or, you know, cobalt blue. And just think how pretty that is. That is what a great idea. Yeah, I can remember back growing up, my aunt had these colored mm-hmm. goblets, you know, colored glassware. And I always thought, ew, that's so ugly. And now I just saw it recently because my cousins are reusing those, that glassware. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. But what a great idea to add a pop of color on top of your table. Yep. And those are the things you can really find. You know, especially if you're out for a ride in the country, um, stop off at some, you know, flea market or thrift shop. A lot of people are getting rid of stuff like that right now. So you can pick them up for nothing. I love that top trend. Pick up your colored glassware right now. I'm, you know, you say, you know, we don't want to be fussy and formal. And what I think is so cool is that whole Downton Abbey era of a couple of years ago that was fussy and formal. But I think people latched on to the idea of using the fancy and turning it into more comfortable. So you've got that upper elegance, but yet something that can feel down home and earthy. Well, and I think it's happening, you know, in many levels. I think uh, Gen Xers and baby boomers are realizing, you know, what am I saving all this right. good stuff for? I might Let's as use well it. just use it yeah. even every day. Yep. You know, if I have silver or if I have antique plates, you know, what are you going to use them once a year at Christmas? So I think people are pulling this stuff out, and I think millennials are are deciding, you know what, I don't hate all of this stuff. I will take some of it. Um, So that's sort of a sea change from what, you know, five or six years ago we were seeing. Right, and we weren't always taught to use the good, save the good china, Janie. You got to save the china, but I I think you're right. We want to get out there. We want to use it. If we go to say taking a drive in the country and we stop by some of the resale shops or you know thrift stores and things like that or even in our own mm-hmm. towns do you think there's a chance we could find good quality china or are we just finding sort of the the useless items that people do give away because they you you think we can yeah a lot of people are dumping um stuff like that because you know boomers are downsizing yep and you know if you're moving from a house to a condo you may not have the storage space for, you know, three or four sets of China. I mean, I know people who have really three or four complete sets because of what they've inherited. And you just don't want that. And even though you might still like it, you know, it's time to to pare down. And you know what a lot of people do is they send out an email to relatives that say, listen, I've got this set of China that belong to who knows, you know, aunt this one. Do you want it? And if you do, come and get it. <laughs> 
I mean, listen, that happens to me every single day. You know, my relative's like, hey, do you want to come in my basement and see what kind of things you have for, you know, they want to just get rid of it. But you talk about decluttering a lot. I know you're obsessed with it. Does that mean that you're in the school of the Marie Kondoing? Well, you know, we all have a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, Marie sort of burst onto the scene here and, you know, Mm. people are running around, you know, reorganizing their kitchens and folding their t-shirts in their drawers. I mean, I was amazed at how, you know, her show tidying up on Netflix just released this huge, uh, I think it was a pent up demand for organization and sort of a halt to spending because a lot of this has to do with just stop shopping. <laughs> uh, people just keep buying more and more things. I mean, you know, yeah. you just go to the store, so you buy more shampoo, and then you know, you look at your linen closet, and you have like, you know, fifteen bottles half used of shampoo. You know, and Marie's advice is so sensible. Like, you know, use up what you have, or if it's ancient, just dump it. You know, pay attention to your things. Don't just keep buying more. And that goes back to using Granny's dishes or using Auntie A's colored wine glasses it's all sort of like you already have it right or even quilt making so and I was having this conversation with my sister-in-law and we were talking about making quilts and that her mother used the quilts that her grandmother made her and she used them till they were worn out and she wished Mm -hmm. she didn't use them and I said if you have it use it it's a handmade item yeah we can go to the store and buy a quilt that was made overseas uh that was made by a machine but wouldn't you rather hand make keep what you have and use what you have rather than going to the store and buying something. Oh, yes. And, you know, even display it, even if, you know, you're yes. afraid to use an empty right. quilt. At least honor it by, you know, putting it on a quilt stand or folding it up at the end of a sofa or a bed. And at least then you can enjoy it. And like they say, if you have an heirloom, honor it. Don't keep it in a box in your basement. You know, that's, you know, you're never going to enjoy it. And then like when you die, your heirs are going to find it and they won't even know what it is probably. Yeah, they'll never know unless you write a little note on the back of it. (laughs) No one's going to know how important or valuable this was to somebody in your family. And that's a shame that that happens, uh, that we don't really know what the value of these heirlooms are. Right. And they get lost in all the junk that we have, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think at some point, yeah, you, you have to go through what you have and say, what is it that is that I have that is good and, you know, does, you know, sparks joy, as Marie says. Yeah. But when I look at it, it gives me a warm memory. The problem with me, you're, is everything that I have sparks joy. <laughs> mm. Well, that is a problem. Is a well, problem. because there's meaning behind it. But I agree. You know, you got to pick and choose what it is. I don't I don't believe that I have to get rid of, rid of everything that doesn't spark joy. I may need yeah. it. I may need it. Uh, I may be doing a great tablescape. I may be redecorating my home and I want to use some of this vintage stuff. So but I, I am in line with um, using what you have before buying new. And I think that's great. Is that sort of where your um, obsession with decluttering comes from? Um, I, you know, part of it, and then just part of it, you know, like, look through your costume jewelry collection. I mean, I recently sold, I mean, several hundred earrings, bracelets, and necklaces that just over the years, you know, you've been given as gifts. Yep. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm never going to wear these again. And, you know, it was great. I I sold them at a consignment store. So I actually got money for them. That's great. And by the way, people like me are out there who would want to buy those things and glue them together to make a fantastic piece of artwork for my wall or put them on my shoes to bling up my shoes. Sure. Yeah. And so it's great. Somebody else will enjoy them. And, you know, 
I'm sort of at the point where I have my signature look and yeah. I have some really good jewelry and I'm just wearing that and enjoying it, you know? Absolutely. I find the same thing. I wear the same, you know, five pieces over and over again. I'm like, why do I have all this blingy stuff? And I have it because either it's an heirloom or I might wear it, you know, to a fancy event. But now I'm finding like I'm going to dress down and I'm going to wear my bling because I love the idea of sparking that, you know, fanciness. Mm -hmm. It's it's sort of the same thing as a tablescape. It's it's not being fussy and formal, but it's still having elegance being dressed down. Oh, I just realized I dress like a table. (laughs) Well, and when you have people over, it's fun to, you know, change your table. And when they come over, they go, oh, you know, God, this is so beautiful. And people really appreciate it when you take time to set a nice table because, you know, people don't do it that often. Mm -hmm. And to be invited to somebody's house for dinner is a real privilege. It truly is. People who go to all that trouble, you know, and it is fun. It is like accessorizing an outfit and you know, every time it's fun to do something a little different. You know what else you could do with that old jewelry is put it on a piece of twine and use it to wrap up your napkins. Mm-hmm. True. True. Make napkin rings. Yeah. Yep. I just thought of that as we were talking. You can use rings for that sometimes if you have like costume jewelry, big rings from, you know, yeah. vintage years. That's so fun. Okay. Before we um, we let you go, uh, trends in colors for home decor. We know that the, the color trend is that coral for the year. Are we seeing that leading into our home decor, or are there other colors we should be looking for? Well, I think we're all getting tired of gray, aren't we? Mm, please. So over the gray. I mean, everything is gray. You know, the walls are gray. Appliances are gray. Cars are gray. Mm-hmm. It's like enough already. Right. Um, you know, the paint companies try to sell us on sort of a new color every year, and they come up with some explanation <laughs> of what it is. But, you know, I think the greens are sort of, really still holding on as sort of a organic natural color, you know, and all shades of green from like light green to, you know, sort of a deep emerald or forest green. Mm. Um, I think that those are very popular. Coral is popular, but you know, coral, you can't use coral in every room. Mm-mm, no, you can't. It's a bit strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, creamy whites are, are still popular and people like them as a backdrop, you know, for their art, um, yeah. you know, other things, you know, uh, linen white by Benjamin Moore is, you know, always one of the um, best-selling colors. Talk about quickly designing on your own. Give us your advice for the first step in the process a person should take when they're saying, okay, I want to redo a room. Well, you know, people, uh, professionals often say that the rug should be the first thing you choose in a room. Um, and then you should take your colors or your textures out of that. And, you know, I, I agree with that. That's a very, that's a good way to go. Um, and then you sort of start from the ground up, you know, and you build, you know, whatever you're doing in the room, um, you know, using small prints and textures to draw in, you know, the colors that you've chosen from your rug. And you're, you've been the home and design writer for the Washington Post for over 40 years? Yes. <laughs> Good for you. Shocking, That's right? Amazing. I mean, we're all jealous. Who can keep a job that long? <laughs> I know. But believe me, it's very unusual. <laughs> I mean, you must love but it. I really like what I do. And, you know, as I say, it's been amazing to watch this, you know, this area change from, you know, sometimes I think I write more about uh, undecorating than I do about decorating mm. <laughs> with, with all the decluttering and organizing that's going on right now. 
and you know people want things to look nice which involves a lot of organization and sort of that's a whole other topic that I've gotten into yeah and that's cool because you know you you go you got to cover the whole thing you got to cover from mm-hmm. how we're making it look good and part of how to make it look good is to clearing it out and what do we do with all that other stuff you know anybody can make a place look nice if they organize it properly so you know and people are much looser now about you know your your living room has to have you know a sofa a love seat and two chairs <laughs> you know it's changed it's it's much more relaxed and so has the world. I love it. You're a conscious from the Washington Post. You're a, how can people find you? Uh, well, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at at you're a conscious, J-U-R-A-K-O-N-C-I-U-S. And just Google my name and you'll find out all my articles from the Washington Post. So I hope you'll look up my stuff. Great information, Yura. I know that I'm so excited about this vintage table. We're making a comeback. I'm excited about decluttering. And I think it all can work hand in hand. And I look forward to seeing more of the pieces that you write. Thank you, Jane. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you for tuning in to Creative Living. For more Creative Living, keep it right here on yourview.com. 